Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCES's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, Research Manager at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. If you enjoy The Huddle, please take a minute to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Over several episodes, we're discussing the value you provide as a diabetes care and education specialist and how you can leverage that value to promote your role. You can access a new toolkit and paper at diabeteseducator.org forward slash value toolkit. In this episode, we're talking about the value you provide in impacting cost for your system and community. Donna Ryan and Starlin Hayden Grading join us to share how they have used cost strategies to show their value and expand their role. Donna and Starlin, welcome to the huddle. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Well, so excited to have both of you guys here to talk about cost effectiveness. And, you know, when I hear this term, um, so often I really think about really those two words, right? Cost and effectiveness. And they're, I would almost say they're loaded, right? So with cost, there's so many ways to quantify cost. And then with effectiveness, I start to think about how do we measure this? I mean, how do you measure effectiveness in the health system? There's clinical outcomes, there's quality of life. So it's almost overwhelming, this like big idea. So that's why I'm so excited to have you both here to kind of maybe whittle this down, let us know what's important, you know, and what are those key things that we need to think about um, as diabetes care and education specialists. But before we get started talking about this big topic, I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves to our listeners. Um, well, I'll start. This is Donna. Um, hi, everyone. I am the Regional Director of Population Health at Ascension Florida on the Florida-Alabama Gulf Coast. I'm a registered dietitian as well as a registered nurse and a certified diabetes care and education specialist, and my master's is in public health. I oversee 10 programs and embed diabetes care and education specialists in all but one of the programs. We pivoted with COVID last year and started doing transitional care and built diabetes into our value-based care programs. My team runs several remote patient monitoring programs as well. Hi, I'm Starlin Hayden Greeting, and I'm also a diabetes care and education specialist, as well as a DPP lifestyle coach. Professionally, I'm a pharmacoepidemiologist with a dual degree in health economics and administration. Currently, I am the Director of Clinical Programs and Population Health for a network of Illinois clinical pharmacists providing DPP, DSME, chronic disease, and medication management. I serve on uh, many national quality measure programs, like the National Quality Forum, and I'm on contract with the CDC and the Public Health Department in Illinois to help plan the diabetes and cardiovascular health plans for our future. 
Well, you guys both come from different professional backgrounds, but the thing that you share is this really big picture of public health and population health. And that's where your expertise really comes in, or that's where I've in our conversations really been able to pick at your expertise to try to get to the bottom of this big idea of cost effectiveness. So thank you guys both again for being here. I'd love to jump in here. What do we mean when we talk about the value of the diabetes care and education specialist from a cost perspective? Well, that's a great question. And value is measured by outcomes in healthcare, outcomes of the clinical parameters that we're familiar with, and outcomes of cost of care. So value is equal to quality when we talk with our healthcare leaders and as diabetes care and education specialists our impact on the cost of services and the cost avoidance of services is impactful and needs to be shared with our leadership. And I just want to add that sometimes, as uh, Kristen already brought out, we get bogged down by that giant word set, cost effectiveness. And really what you want to do is measure the cost of your care and possibly do some sort of cost budget analysis or cost benefit of an intervention or of a program. And in order to survive in this value-based healthcare world, we have to measure those program costs by gathering the costs for those actual resources that you use to educate the patients about managing their diabetes and managing their cardiovascular comorbidity. When we map those costs and we pair them with the self-reported behavior and disease outcomes, you're actually showing the added value relationship a diabetes care and educational specialist brings to the table and how important your program is. So this is really interesting from both you guys. So Starlin, what I'm hearing, the cost benefit and added value. And then Donna, I heard you say value equals quality. How can we quantify quality? Another great question. This is a great topic. And Sterling, I want to hear more about what you do because that sounds great. Um, <laughs> healthcare leaders, whether you're in a hospital system, a, um, a community health system, or private primary care, the leaders have a keen eye for their dashboards. In the healthcare, we, they're looking at the dashboards regularly, daily, weekly, quarterly, monthly, five-star ratings, leapfrog ratings, readmissions, Penalties for readmissions, maintaining centers of excellence, uh, hospital rankings in the community. Those are the quality measures that they're looking at. That is that measurement of clinical excellence and cost effectiveness. So we laugh and say that the chief financial officer, the CFO, runs the hospital and keeps the doors open. (laughs) But it's the CEO and the um, COOs that watch the resources and the budget and the cost of care to meet our revenue goals and to minimize cost. And it's that quality department. Mm -hmm. It's the quality department that's the hall monitor. (laughs) They report and collect. And so they are really our allies in diabetes care and education because what they report, almost every single thing that is reported um, has the impact of diabetes underlying it. And that's where we have our opportunity to improve quality. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to add is the fact that for... 30 of my 40 years of practice, we've been fee-for-service. And the fee-for-service was, you know, the bean counters counted everything up. And if we brought in money 
and it paid the bills. It was equal and we were fine. Well, healthcare has gotten so expensive and and the care of diabetes and the care of preventing diabetes and cardiovascular events is one of the most expensive uh, healthcare delivery that we have. So in order to balance that process, the value-based care model is pairing the delivery of care with the best reimbursement you can provide along with that quality. So they're intersected. They're joined together so that it's just not volume of care, but value of care. And so the bean counters are learning that if they get a satisfaction report survey back from patients and the diabetes care and education specialist has hit goals for all the metrics in the quality measures for diabetes, Example would be all people with diabetes need to be on a statin and we need to be monitoring their hypoglycemia. So there's several, several quality measures and every year they up them. Some of those you'll know as HEDIS for the commercial size. And then for CMS, we have uh, CMSs, MIPS and star ratings. So when you tease those down, it definitely fits in with the diabetes care and education specialist because that's part of our ADCS7 habits toward improving your diabetes is to hit those goals. And those goals bring those quality metrics to show that First, you may start off with 20%, then 30%, then 40% of your patient population, no matter how small of an organization you are or how large your organization is, you will be needing to hit these. And we have some of these pay-for-performance relationships currently today. So therefore, the more you know about that and the more you track what you're doing in your practice, the more you contribute to that added value relationship that your employer has made with either an insurance company or with Medicare or with a health system relationship. So when I'm listening to you guys talk, I'm hearing that the value of the DCES and the work that the DCES does in both the health system and the community is really embedded. I mean, we're talking about, yes, we're talking about the finances, um, the CFO keeping the door open, then you're talking about the hall monitor. I mean, but it's really like that ability of the DCES to embed themselves into the community and into the system. Sterling, how would you create or how would you advise, you know, the DCES is listening to this? How would they create a cost benefit analysis? You know, something kind of simple and easy. So, yes, you don't need to have a PhD to collect this information. You have to pretend that this is your business and you have what I call LIFO and FIFO, first in, last out. So all those details. In the olden days, we used to call this acuity. How much time for each process of care that you're delivering in your education? You know, how many copies of paper? You know, you've got your direct cost and your indirect cost. Your direct costs are all the stuff that you have to pay for to keep the lights on, like you said before. That's your direct cost. Your indirect costs are time. What does a no-show cost you? Collecting all the metrics. So one thing you go back, you go reverse the quality metric and look at those measures and find out what your 
office or your program or your health system is collecting. For one thing, to be an accredited DCMS group, there are metrics you have to collect and you have to report, especially if you do Medicare. You already know those metrics are being collected. You just need to have access to them so that you can aggregate them by the population that you're wanting to look at. So if your health system or you have an agreement with a hospital and they're very worried about the readmission rates, because if they go in for diabetes and they come out and they go back in with between 30 days, they don't get paid for that. So that's a cost to the health system that is important to them. So you work backwards from that and use that tracking system and get to know your documentation system. Are there ways in the documentation system that are already collecting this? Some people have a Cerner and Epic where you can create those documentation forms and pull those off. Others, some of us don't have great platform documentation systems and you can collect that information on a spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be PhD level, pharmacology effective analysis to show your worth in that money exchange because everything that we do can be converted into a unit that reports out either a cost avoidance, a cost savings, or a cost. And if you are able to show that you have prevented readmission or a surgical procedure like an amputation, an amputation costs $30,000. So if you had 10 people in your program that you did foot exams on and you were able to nip the foot exam with the podiatrist and get them on a good regimen, all those details need to be recorded and you put that in your cost avoidance bucket and that's part of your report. We had 10 people, we caught their blisters. This could have led to a $30,000 surgical treatment that would have been unnecessary. And then in the cost of care, what you're trying to do is also show your efficiencies, how you're using team-based care to do the efficiencies in the system. So it's called attribution. In the olden days, back when I used to work with Ann Daly at the hospital, and you all know Ann, it's her fault I'm doing diabetes, but uh, we used to literally do hashtags. We used to count how many things in the diabetes educational realm we were hitting that contributed towards saving a life or saving money. And then those hashtags went into a report. We did it on paper and pencil. But it really is important for you to know who your population is. You can narrow that population. If you have a large population, you don't have to do everybody, just the ones that you think may be contributing to a higher cost of care. You want to check your population. You want to count what all those interventions are, and you want to compare them. So you either compare them to a group that isn't involved in it, like a control group, or the patients can be their own control. In diabetes education, it's really hard to randomly randomize care, right? These people are going to get diabetes education, but these people aren't. So more often we use pre and post where you gather the data before you started educating them, and then you compare it after you've educated them. And then, of course, you measure all those outcomes, the A1Cs, all the lipids, check with the pharmacist to see how well they're taking their medications, 
all those metrics that we talk about every day, but we don't think about teasing them out and putting them in a report to show our value. I would love, you know, just to finish up here, because you guys are such experts in this area, just a couple words of wisdom from each of you. Like, what would you leave with our listeners? I'd like to see people that become involved members of ADCES jump in and help us with some of our research needs. We're there to help you. We're there to hold your hand. We're group and we're collaborative. Excellent. And I would like to say that as we are coming out of fee-for-service and we are looking at traditional budgets and CPT codes and how much it costs, and that's part of this cost-effectiveness, this other part of the value and quality is harder to get your arms around. So what we've done here is we've taken our diabetes care and education specialists and embedded them into value-based programs that aren't traditionally um, known for having diabetes educators in them. So we have a post-acute bundled payment program uh, for 90 days after discharge, and we're held to quite a few metrics in there that we have to meet for CMS. I put a diabetes educator in that care manager mix, and guess what? She has been the a wonderful resource to the other care managed nurses and respiratory therapists and social workers because of her diabetes skills. Are we billing G codes? No, we're not. But she's referring to the dietitian and the uh, CDCESs that are in, in the traditional program. Is it bringing value to that value-based program? Absolutely. Across the board, we will have the greatest cost savings of the other hospitals participating in this program. And I believe it's necessarily and importantly because we are taking such good care of our people with diabetes that are in that bundled program. The same goes for in our, uh, we're a center of excellence for heart failure. Do we bill for CPT codes and G codes in that clinic? No. But do I have a registered dietitian CD, CES who sits in that clinic every Wednesday and works with these patients for their nutrition to help maintain their heart failure? And is that how we are contributing? Yes. So it's not your traditional sit and wait for them to come to you model when we're talking about cost effectiveness and value. It doesn't end up in my budget and my, I wish it did, you know, but it doesn't end up in my budget. But then I speak to that and leadership knows that there is diabetes in all of these areas and that a diabetes specialist such as ourselves in these areas doesn't bring direct revenue, but adds great value and improves quality when, when we're there. So I challenge you, there are opportunities. Um, it's not always easy to get at the table, but you can do it. We can do it. And a lot of us are already doing it. And as Starlin said, reach out. There's lots of mentors. There's lots of support. And uh, we're really looking forward to this value paper that's coming out and the value toolkit that's going to come with it. And thank you both for being here. And like you said, Donna, people can go to the um, Value Toolkit to get all these resources. And it takes a community to do this. So really so happy you guys were here today. And thank you so much. Hopefully we can have you on again to talk about this big topic. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. Today, Donna Ryan and Starlin Hayden Grading shared how they leveraged their role to impact cost and communicate that to the decision makers in their systems. Remember to collect the data that your system needs to support quality measures. Understand what's important to your health system, be the detective, and share that information with your executive staff. 
you are already doing the work to reduce cost. Now it's time to document and demonstrate that value. For more on what you can do to promote and expand your value and cost effectiveness, check out a new toolkit with resources to help you grow. You can access the toolkit and paper at diabeteseducator.org forward slash value toolkit. Membership at ADCES gives you access to the education, networking, and resources to improve your practice and optimize outcomes for your clients. Find out what ADCES can do for you at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.